hello and welcome. Welcome to Trucking Answers, the podcast. But you knew that because you're already listening to a podcast. It's me, Mark, your Trucking Answers podcast host with my co-host, Gracie. And today we're going to bring you some trucking news, some automotive news, and the reason that we are not yet on Mars. That's right. I also want to talk to trucking companies about um, a thing that I heard about, and you need to know about it because one of the things that I try to do is recruiting retention for trucking companies. For uh, companies that don't know that, get in touch with me. I can help out with that. I use unconventional tactics that work, not like all the big guys that use. So let's talk about what's going on today uh, in trucking. First, let's get right to trucking. And uh, Volvo is on strike, and they're going to just go ahead and resume production. This is the problem. This is the problem. So the thing is, they've been had they've been had what the heck they've had a few offers to the working people there the people on the line and they've rejected all of them and finally volvo is you know what they're going to do now they said oh we're just going to open without you they said anybody is welcome to come to work and you will get paid the last offer which is a raise and a bunch of other stuff uh and uh, we're just going to continue to work and so here's the thing when you want to raise and you're together like that in a union eventually you have to look at the whole picture and say all right what what are we going to do here because finally the company gets sick of you know this kind of stalling and all this stuff that's going on and says all right that's it that's the most we're going to give you and so now now you're on strike now guess what now you're basically locked out the plant's opening you're refusing to come to work this is, could be a big problem because when you're on strike, you only get strike pay. And I don't know what that is. A few hundred bucks a week, something like that. And you have to perform some, you know, picketing or whatever. I don't know exactly what you get. It isn't a lot. I'm not in a union, so I'm not sure about that. I want people to understand something as you work. And no matter where you work, no matter what the company you work at, this is true of all companies. You're only worth what you can be replaced by. Think about that. You are worth what you can be replaced by. This is why drivers with a lot of experience don't get $100 an hour. They don't have to pay you $100 an hour. Your pay doesn't just continue to climb forever because at some point they can just say, you know what, we can just replace you for something that makes less money than you. This is the thing about working when you sell your time for money, which is what most people do. Because that's what they pounded to your head from, you know, grade school. Sell your time for money. Get so much an hour. Yeah, that is a good idea to get paid for your time and all that. And I always encourage people to do that. But ultimately, ultimately, there's a cap on it. You cap out. You can't just continue to raise and raise and raise because you're only selling your time. And you only do, if you do one thing there, they can replace you with somebody else to do that one thing. Just like they're doing now at Volvo. What will happen with this? Who knows? They'll probably end up taking this last offer that was given, that's what I think might happen in the future. Right now, they're all standing strong, but, you know, week after week goes by, and uh, suddenly you're just eating, uh, you know, the Dave Ramsey rice and beans program, and then you can't even afford beans. All you got is the rice left, and it gets it gets kind of thin. I assume some of these people are working other jobs or whatever they're doing to get by, and that's that's probably the good thing about right now is they could probably hold out by working somewhere else. There will be a working somewhere else while this goes on. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. But re- always remember this. Always in the back of your head. Always be ready to leave to go somewhere else. Because 
you're only worth what you can be replaced by. That's it. So, yeah, they might pay you more than that. But eventually, when you want too much more than that, they're like, mm, you know what? Forget it. So the the whole key to, uh, you know, lifetime success or whatever is to sell value to people, not sell time to people. So uh, that's uh, that's how that works. What about Zonar? I talked about Zonar on the live show. I got a couple things from the live show. Zonar is this thing where you use your tablet, Zonar. Zonar, it sounds like a great band name, like that's some, uh, you know, EDM band, electronic dance music. Hey, everybody, it's Zonar is up next. Okay. Uh, Zonar, the company puts like QR codes or RFID tags around your truck, and you have to take your tablet from the truck and walk around and either tap them or scan them or whatever. Will that make you do a pre-trip? I guess the RFID tag would be better because if it was a QR code, you could just take pictures of that with your phone and then just lift those pictures up and scan them into the thing. All this doesn't make people walk around the truck. If people aren't going to do a pre-trip, force them to do it like this, they just still won't do the pre-trip. They'll just find ways to get around it. Why don't you just hire people that are better rather than forcing people into stupid stuff like this? You know, oh, yeah, okay, you see a driver walking around scanning stuff. Okay, I checked all the QR codes. They're all fine. That's uh, that's what's going to be. That's what you write down in your pre-trip paperwork. All QR codes checked. All uh, checkout correct. And here's the problem. The QR code gets damaged. A rock hits it while you're driving. And that, now you only have half a code. It won't scan. And now you got to call somebody because you can't scan the code and don't want to get in trouble for not doing, uh, you know, the post trip or whatever, because that's on there too, it said. <laughs> because there's something, there's something wrong uh, with the QR code, so you don't want to get in trouble either. That's pretty interesting. Let me throw a car thing in here. This was asked on the show as well. And uh, somebody said Mark Bronco or Maverick. Well, you know what? Neither for me. I'm not a big truck kind of person like that. You know, I've seen them. Of those two, I'd take the Bronco. I mean, the Maverick is small. It's small. And the base is a hybrid, so I'm out for that. Oh, you know, big deal, hybrid. Oh, yeah, that's not exactly pickup truck kind of material. Uh, it's small in the back seat and that, so you know, not a fan of it. The base model of the Maverick, by the way, doesn't even have cruise control on it, for God's sakes. So it's like it's 1973. I will say my 13 Focus, which I bought, did not have power windows in the back. It only had front power, and the back two windows were crank. And I'm like, what What kind of cost cutting is going on at Ford where it's too expensive to put two more, you know, window regulator things in there for power windows in the back seat? I guess it saved them $5 or something. I don't know. But you had two, you had only the two front two windows. And I, so I'm looking in the back. I'm like, oh, my gosh, these are crank windows in the back. I couldn't believe it. So uh, this kind of thing is just made to a cost point, not too great. Even loaded though, it's twenty seven. They started in about nineteen nine ninety. It's twenty seven or so. Totally loaded out for a Maverick. Take the Bronco. I, I look. I think the Bronco, the full size Bronco, with the two point three four cylinder and a seven speed manual, might be the way to go. I think that'd be a very interesting way to do it. Most people talk about wanting that. Likely they won't buy it that way, because you have to only get a certain package on it to get the manual. A lot of people will want the V6 in it, and you can't get the manual with that. People talk about manuals, but 
they just don't buy him. They just don't buy him. And the Bronco, Ford, look, Ford doesn't have the best reputation for first year launches of vehicles anyway. Okay, when they re, either when they redesign or bring a new vehicle out. So would I buy the first year of either of these? No. No, I'd wait at least a year or two to get, you know, work all this stuff out. Look at the Explorer. When they redid that, they had to recall almost all of them. They sat some of them at a plant to redo a bunch of them. It was a huge problem. The 13 Escapes had tons of problems that year, all kinds of recalls. They just don't have a great reputation for first year out, you know, and this goes back for years with them. So would I get a first year either of these? Mm, no. I will say dealers are probably going to put a lot of markups on the Bronco, especially the Sasquatch package. Sasquatch. I love that. And they've got all these other ones, off-road, Badlands and all this. Oh, these tough names. They sound so tough. Are you going to take your $50,000, $60,000 Bronco, you know, rock climbing? Maybe. I guess you might. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe would you take it down a maybe a slow drive down the interstate with a bunch of people behind you? Oh, oh, I, I went there. I did go there. People probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Young people don't know what I'm talking about. That's okay. That's all right. Hey, for companies. Companies. Here's what not to do <laughs> to your drivers. So a driver talked about this on the show, and I thought, holy mackerel, companies, is this a real thing? And it's a re it is a real thing. So it's bad enough that we get a driver-facing camera. All right, that's horrible enough. Companies that do that, I, I don't know what to say to you. But there's a company who shall remain nameless who not only does that, but then they have this performance score. They have a system. And so if you speed, you get a point. And if you go over the middle line, you get a point because the cameras look at all this stuff, right? Heartbreaking, you know, in their vision, heartbreaking. You get a point off of your driver performance score. And and supervisors follow you around and also take pictures of you on job sites where the company regularly goes to these job sites. Look, and what I picture, I picture some dude in a trench coat in a bush and all you see is like a lens poking out of the bush or whatever or he's like taking a picture you know with a spy cam through a newspaper or something if you got to do this to your drivers why why do you have those drivers and what the company would probably say is oh well it's all for safety it's for safety okay all right if it's for safety then why don't you tell the drivers about it when you're hiring them the recruiters should talk all about it i mean look if it's for safety, you should be proud of it. Whatever a company's doing to its drivers, to its employees, uh, for safety, they should be proud of that. I'm all about safety. All right, I am. I tell people all the time, do not speed. Make sure you have a distance. You know, be safe. Get your sleep. I love it. I think being safe is super important. I don't want to be out there with the unsafe drivers. I see them all the time. I'd love to have them taken off the road. I would. I don't want to be out there with drivers that, uh, you know feel like they shouldn't uh, have to uh, drive safely but if you're going to send out spies to take pictures of drivers on you know when they're in a ghillie suit you're like oh, that bush doesn't look uh you know why is there a bush in the middle of this uh, road or that kind of thing that's not how you keep drivers <laughs> i just want to tell companies in case you think that's the way to keep drivers it isn't it is not I would tell people never work at this place. If the, if that is what they're doing, never should you work there. And if they started doing that, that's worth quitting. That is worth quitting. Now, it depends how they treat you when they put a camera in. But if they're going to knock points off for speeding, 
And there was another person that talked about a mega carrier that fires you if your truck goes beyond a certain speed. They said like 68 miles an hour. If it goes faster than that, you're fired for over speed. Why? Let me ask you this. So, uh, so I'm out west. Uh, it's a 75. I'm going down a hill that's straight, you know, somewhere in Wyoming or something. I'm not talking about going down the grapevine or something. And so I, I let the truck go. I got to hit the brakes at 68. Why? Is it unsafe to go 69 miles an hour in a 75 down a straight hill where, you know, you're about at the bottom and uh, there's no other traffic around? That's the thing. Is that unsafe? That's all a company should be concerned about. Is what you're doing unsafe? Or is it just simply a company policy? Now, I'll give you this companies. You can have whatever policy you want, but this policy doesn't make any sense. It actually wastes a little bit of money because the truck could just continue on up to the speed limit safely and save fuel. So it is kind of fuel saving kind of thing. I can tell that it's made by somebody that doesn't drive. All right. That kind of policy. There's not a driver behind that. Why don't companies, you company that you're listening, you companies, why don't you have a driver panel to monitor these kind of things? It's like, we're going to implement this. You should have a panel of drivers that have been at the company for some time to look at this. Now, don't go pick out the four drivers that you have that are brown nosers. And look, you know who it is. Don't pretend like you don't know who it is. There are these drivers at every company. We all know them. I got them here. You got them where you are. We know who they are. Believe me, it isn't me here. Okay, That's for sure. But uh, every company's got them, and that's the ones that the companies pick. Oh, well, we've got, uh, you know, this guy and this guy. And you're know, like, oh, of course you do. Of course you do, because their head was already up your butt, you know, when uh, when they came, when you picked them. So they ha- you had to pick them. You literally picked them out of your butt. Don't have those people. Have four regular drivers. So put a sign out that you want volunteers, and the first five volunteers you scratch off the list because it's the f- brown nosers, and then take other people, and then why don't you have these rules looked over? This kind of thing is stupid. It's just a stupid rule. It's a hard line at a speed is ridiculous. Now, you could say something about speeding. You shouldn't be speeding. I agree with that. But to say, okay, over 68 and you're fired is ridiculous because it doesn't have anything to do with safety. Nothing. It's just a company rule that somebody, some pinhead bean counter probably decided in some office that doesn't drive. Stop having people decide things for drivers that don't drive. No one should watch the camera video that doesn't drive. No one should determine rules that doesn't drive. None of these things should be determined by people that don't drive, that don't have any idea what they're talking about. Now, some companies do. They'll promote people from within. People are dispatchers. They're all through office or whatever, and they're drivers. That's one thing. But like here, everybody in the office, nobody drives. (laughs) One dude to 22. Okay, Uh, so uh, that's pretty awesome. I asked him once, do you drive? Oh, no. He goes, no. No, he goes, I don't really like driving. Okay, that's awesome. That's who's in charge there, right? So that's in most places, too. We don't have anybody. We have had people in the office that drive. They end up leaving. So 
we don't have anybody right now and that's at a lot of companies so get a group of drivers believe me there are drivers that would be happy to help you craft rules that make the place safe and still uh, you know allow drivers to do their job because there's a line between safety and you know a hard rule like this there shouldn't be a hard rule like at a certain mile per hour you absolutely will just simply be fired that is a ridiculous kind of rule and no company should be doing that it doesn't make any sense it makes a frustrating day and the driver doesn't isn't trying to be safe then they're trying to follow some company rule rather than being safe and that can take time from you the same with the camera a lot of times you have to think oh do i am i driving for this camera am i driving to be safe what am i trying to do what exactly am i trying to do and so I don't agree with any of that. Make the make it so that the drivers can be safe, not so that the drivers follow some ridiculous rule that somebody in an office thought of. All right. Can we do that? I would really appreciate it. You're welcome from all the drivers that uh, you're going to whose lives you're going to change. Believe me. Now, people ask me this kind of thing a lot about uh, guns. So let's talk about this driver who got arrested in Michigan. Remember this. Now, remember this. And don't at me or write me about, oh, here's all the gun laws. This is what actually happened. Okay. Driver, he's from Texas. He had a gun in his truck. Had an inspection. In, he was in Michigan. Got inspected. Boom. Guess what? Arrested. This is what I tell people. Be very careful about this. All right. Michigan apparently does not recognize his Texas gun rights, whatever. I don't I don't exactly know if it said he had a if it said he had a permit. It doesn't matter. Whatever it was, Michigan said no. Charge him with several felonies. Felonies, okay? <clears throat> so now you're in prison. I don't know what the you know, you might have a fifty thousand dollar bond, you're away from your house, they're gonna tow your truck. If you own the truck, you got a problem. This is a huge problem. You've been arrested. And our application, I don't know about all trucking companies, says, have you ever been arrested? It doesn't say have you ever been convicted. It says, have you ever been arrested? You'd have to put yes, because now you've been arrested. Regardless of all this, he had to go get a lawyer. And what he ended up doing is uh, plea bargaining this out to a couple of misdemeanors, but also $4,000 fine, court costs of like 300 bucks, and had to surrender his weapon and ammunition, several hundred rounds of ammunition. Okay, and uh, people were saying, well, that isn't right that he did that. Here, this is, here's the thing. That's a plea bargain that he accepted. He wouldn't have to accept that. You do not have to accept a plea bargain. And look, I'm not a lawyer. Amazing as that might be to people, uh, you know, seek a lawyer for legal advice. But the way I understand it as a non-lawyer, you do not have to accept a plea bargain. You can go to trial on your original charges if you'd like to do that. So... You could do that. He didn't. He took a plea bargain, caught a couple misdemeanors. Now, by the way, now he's a convicted uh, criminal, okay, because he has misdemeanors for gun charges. Illegal possession of a weapon or something was the, the misdemeanor that he got rather than, you know, crossing state lines with the intent to whatever they originally charged him with. I don't remember, but now you have a conviction. So now any place that says, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Yes. Yes, I've been convicted of a gun crime, okay, because it's public record, so they can easily look it up, so it isn't like you can hide it or whatever. I guess at some point later, maybe you can get it changed, but at the moment, you'd have to say, yes, yes, I'm a convicted criminal, okay, legally, okay, and so, and then the fine, and uh, he has to surrender his weapon. 
that's what I'm telling you about carrying a gun in your truck or something that might be considered a weapon, but especially a gun, a gun. This is a huge problem. Now you have a conviction. Now what? You might get fired. Depending what you haul, you could theoretically be fired. And I don't know how this affects, uh, you know, one of these uh, TSA checks and all that stuff. You know, Twit card. I don't know. Hazmat. I don't know. It's a gun conviction. You know, even though it's a misdemeanor, it's still a gun conviction. I don't know. I'd have to look into that. It's a problem. It's a problem. Be very careful. Okay, you might actually want to talk to a lawyer before you go, uh, you know, carrying a weapon around across state lines. Seriously. Because look at this. Is this a good solution? Is this a good outcome? I don't think so. I don't think so for anybody involved. Believe me. So Tesla... Tesla back in the news. You know what they're going to do? Uh, maybe the worst thing that I think they could do. They're going to open their supercharger network to all brands of cars. And I guess you'll need an adapter for your car or whatever because they all have different uh, input holes. But uh, as they say, they're going to open their supercharger network. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. The only electric car I would even consider buying is a Tesla because of the supercharger network. And I'm not even considering that, but that'd be probably the only one if I was going to get one that where I had to go anywhere because of the supercharger network. If you start opening it up to all these other bolts and uh, leaf and everything else that's going to be parked in there, you are going to clog up the superchargers. I've been to Meyer when it's pretty full over there because we have a supercharger here in Lafayette at Meyer. You know, there's, I think, 12 stalls. I've been in there. One time I was there, they were all full. But uh, I've been in there with, you know, eight, ten cars I've seen in there, uh, depending what time of day and when it is. You open this up and people have their $100,000 Model X and can't get in because somebody's charging up a Mimev, a Mitsubishi Mimev. Okay, their $8,000 car in there. That's not going to be great for your sales and it doesn't make anybody else happy. The government's putting a lot of pressure on them because they have a really, a, honestly, a great supercharger network, to be honest with you. I think it was a brilliant idea by him to say, all right, people will only adapt our cars if they have somewhere to charge it. So let's build places for them to charge it. But uh, to open it up to all the other brands, I don't think that's a great idea at all. I'd be like, no, get lost, you know, go get... Um, you know, Mitsubishi, go open your own uh, network. And for people that don't know what it is, go look it up. M-I-M-E-V, a Mimev. All right. And uh, come and tell me what you think about that car. But it'll be able to charge there as well. Some cars cannot even accept high speed. So early volts, um, early, um, I don't know if the early bolt uh, was an option, but an early volt, it was only optional. Early leaf, also an option high speed. A Mimev won't accept high speed charging. So if you add an early leaf and it won't accept high speed, you're looking at 20 to 30 miles per hour of charge time. And uh, so you could sit there a few hours with that car before it's fully charged at a level two, which is all it will accept. That's a problem. That's as fast because the car will only take the juice as fast as the car can accept it. It doesn't matter how fast it comes out of the pipe. Like if you're taking a drink of water, you uh, out of a glass, all right? You can accept it at one rate. If I sprayed a fire hose at your face, you still can only take so much water in. It doesn't matter how much water's coming at you. It matters how fast you can take the water. So it's the same with charging a car. The car has to be able to accept high speed. And because it comes out of the supercharger fast, the car can only accept what it can accept. So 
that will be a real problem. And uh, I'm not happy about it. I don't know why they're doing it. I Maybe they think the government's going to make them do it. So they're just going to get ahead of it. I don't know. I wouldn't do it. And I don't think it's a great idea, to be honest with you. All right. I read an article. Get this. Um, an article about why young people are not getting into trucking. What do you think about this? Why are young people not getting into trucking? And they were talking about people 25 and under, basically. Okay, in this article written by probably someone also young. That's the way it seemed like. Uh, maybe they were even extra. I don't know. So extra. <laughs> Not like the gum. All right. And you know what they said? It's because of this darn testing, drug testing. Yep. Apparently, according to the article, 22% of people that age partake regularly of the leafy substance. And so they just couldn't get a job driving. And they suggested that, you know, trucking is, uh, you know, in the living in the 1800s and maybe that should be changed. And because of this and that Amazon just announced they would no longer drug test the people that work in the warehouse, that all these young people will just go work at Amazon. <laughs> OK, I'll let them. You think a job at Amazon for 1850 an hour is better than a truck driving job? It isn't. It isn't. And people can say what they want. Local job pay way more than that way more than that and it's way better i work seven and a half hours a day about seven to seven and a half hours a day all right and i think my job is way better than working at amazon plus young people if you're here's the thing about success and that i think for young people if there's any listening which hopefully there are if you say well i just i'm so i just can't stop doing drugs uh so i don't know what i just can't you know that's it. Uh, so I guess I'll have to work somewhere that doesn't drug test me. What is what the heck? What does that make me old? Maybe it does. I don't care. Okay. What the heck is the deal with you for that? You just can't stop. Uh, can't stop. Won't stop. All right. Well, if you can't stop, you have an issue, right? Isn't that what everybody says? All right. So if you just so it must be, and people would never say I'm addicted. So of course, uh, you just won't. You're like. I won't stop doing drugs, no matter how good, even though in a year I could be making 80 grand or more, 1600 a week, uh, I just don't care. I'm just going to keep doing it. So I'd rather just work at Amazon and make, uh, you know, $800 a week, seven, $800 a week, maybe instead of, uh, you know, the double that, that I could make because I'm an idiot. Okay. I guess you can continue to live in your parents' basement. Not here. I would never allow it here. Uh, that's why kids don't live here. So because I don't allow it, and so I'll make them go get their own jobs and stuff. But okay, okay. But I don't think that's what's keeping young people from driving. And believe me, if if all that went away tomorrow and every young person said, all right, I'm going to stop, how many of them are going to go drive a truck? It just, trucking has an image problem, right? When, when young people think, okay, I'm just going to go, you know, do something, the trucking is not on their mind. School, from the time you're very young, and parents do this too they're guilty of this they tell their kids go get a degree for some weird reason go get a degree go to college go to college not everybody should go to college only people that should go to college probably are people i'm going to be a lawyer or a doctor or something like that you know some kind of engineer otherwise go go become successful in some other way that's what i tell people uh you know go to college to get a master's degree to be a teacher making 35 grand not a great plan 40 grand uh, you know, to start, uh, wonderful, wonderful. Truck school is three weeks long for anybody listening that uh, hasn't been to truck school yet. It's three weeks. 
It's three weeks long. At the end of that, you start making money. Some of them even pay you in school. Okay, if you're uh, if you're not into trucking yet, some of them will even pay you, and it's free. A lot of states, it's free. It doesn't even cost anything to go. But yeah, you got to be able to pass a drug test. You do have to be able to pass a drug test. And if you can't, I don't know what to say to you. If that's more important, if doing drugs is more important to you than having a career or a job or whatever, look, I don't care personally. And, you know, the libertarian part of me says, fine, I don't care. But, but do not complain and do not go get assistance. Don't say I can't find a good job or whatever. You can find a good job. You're unwilling to do what it takes for that job. That's different. At least be honest with yourself and honest with the rest of us. Trucking can be a great career, right? It has paid for my whole life and it does for, you know, many millions of people over the years. But there's certain things you have to do. One of them, uh, you got to pass a drug test and random drug tests. So if you can't do that, this is not going to be the career for you. So maybe you want to work at Amazon loading boxes with all those robots in there every day. You know, where somebody's watching you 24 hours a day. Although, I guess in trucking, <laughs> somebody might be watching you anyways 24 hours a day. You know, the autonomy of being by yourself and uh, living the open road in trucking is going away as well. But certainly it's a way better job than working in some factory warehouse every day on your feet all the time. Loading, lifting, and all that. Trucking is way better than that. Way better than that. And any young person, right, who's willing to pass the test uh, can pretty much do it. And it would be a great career, way better. Because if you're, you know, in your 20s thinking about, oh, maybe I should drive a truck or I don't know what I'm going to do. You don't have a degree and you don't have anything that is set up for you. You don't know what you're going to do. You're just floating around uh, kind of like a fart in the wind, you know, the and, uh, you know, somebody turns a fan on and you dissipate just like the uh, just like that did. You don't have anything going trucking. Hey. Yeah, put down, put down what you're doing and go get, go become a driver. Absolutely. Absolutely do that. And I want to wrap up with uh, the reason we're not on Mars yet. The reason we are not on Mars. So I read an article. Now get this. Now some reporter who probably has a degree uh, and $100,000 of student loans wrote a full article about how not to get attacked by a shark. Yes. So your host... Uh, and Gracie helped me. We did some research into sharks and I found a few things out. Okay, number one, they don't have legs. I don't know if you know this. All right, they do not have legs. They uh, also cannot live outside of the water, but for a couple of minutes. And really on land, they're kind of unwieldy and slow. May have a very difficult time moving. So it turns out um, if you do not go in the water, you do not get bit by sharks. That, that turns out to be 100% true. Like in my day, my daily life, no matter what I'm doing pretty much, I'm never thinking in my mind, you know what? I wonder how to avoid shark attacks here in mid-Indiana. Okay. But uh, this article went into great detail about uh, sharks and how to avoid them and all these kind of things. Uh, look. It's pretty easy to avoid a shark attack on the planet. When you go invade someone's home, all right, they eat you. Just like this woman uh, the other day, I don't know if you heard about this. She's biking somewhere in Montana, 
and she's doing this long bike ride or something. And anyhow, she's in her tent, and apparently a grizzly bear thought she was a Tootsie Roll and ate her. Took her out, grabbed her, I guess, and ate her. They then hunted the grizzly bear down and killed it. Why? It wasn't doing anything wrong. You go live in somebody else's house. Uh, yeah, the same thing would happen if you came in here. They'd carry you out of here in a body bag, okay? That's what happens. So avoid the homes of dangerous animals. And uh, that's how you avoid a shark attack and a grizzly bear attack by that for uh, that matter. Gracie was kind of concerned about it, even though her claws, you know, she just thought, mm, but I said, you know, you don't have to worry about it because uh, sharks can't get us here <laughs> in Indiana. So that is why we're not on Mars yet, because we have to have reporters writing articles on how to avoid shark attacks. All right. Look, I want everybody to be safe this week. Uh, if you have any questions or want uh, just to make a comment, like uh, you're an idiot or the show is the best show ever, either way, write <laughs> to me, Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com. If your company, look, that wants help with recruiting retention, that's the same place. Write to me. Say, hey, look, we're a company. We need help. And uh, I'm here to help. We can work that out. So be safe out there. And uh, thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. And we'll see you. Well, I guess we won't see you. You can hear me through your ear hole on the next podcast.